Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, where we like to talk about cybercrimes, malware, and we like to sing poorly. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. You know, or a Happy Hanukkah, a Blessed Yule, a Joyous Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, or just a nice day if you don't celebrate anything. The holiday season makes me happy. It reminds me of time indoors with my family, eating dinner and exchanging gifts in the warm house while it's all snowy and cold outside, baking and decorating sugar cookies with my mom, my dad begging me to list one item I want when I don't want any gifts. Thanks, Dad, for trying anyways. My sister giving him an entire list of items because she does not suffer from my indifference. But you know what this time of year also reminds me of? Malware! And my favorite type of malware, too. The classic early 2000s virus or email worm that didn't do a whole lot of harmful activities and just wanted to scare you. That's my favorite kind. It just reminds me when I was a kid doing deep dives into scary computer viruses and, you know, people exaggerated a whole lot of claims or just made shit up half the time, but still. It reminds me of simpler times, when I understood nothing about malware. This is my first, and if I can't find any others, probably my last holiday special of Bite Size Cybercrime, where we talk about the Navidad virus, the Latin American Christmas card that infected users during the holiday season of 2000. In the late 90s and early 2000s, there was a type of e-card that you could email people with an EXE extension. Nowadays, if you get emailed a file with an EXE extension, you should probably not run it unless you're expecting it. But these e-cards were fancy and, you know, would have little animation and maybe even sound when you opened them, so it was a cool novelty to email your friends and family. It's also what allowed the Navidad virus to spread. Today, these types of e-cards are pretty much dead, and if you want to send someone a cool animated card, you probably just send them a GIF, but that is much less likely to give you a virus than an EXE file is, because, well, an EXE file can run any kind of program that, if allowed, can modify your computer. Just a quick note I want to make here, I will refer to this malware as the Navidad virus, because that is what it is known as colloquially. The Navidad virus is technically an email worm and not a virus, the difference being that an email worm is a standalone program that replicates itself, and a virus specifically replicates itself by modifying other computer programs and inserting its own code. A virus also typically relies on a specific host program to infect, whereas a worm doesn't and can run independently. Since this was an EXE file, it was its own independent program and therefore it's a worm. There are some viruses that can still spread by email. For example, the Melissa virus was a virus, not a worm. The difference is Melissa wasn't a standalone program. It was a virus embedded into a Microsoft Word file that required Microsoft Word in order to spread. But enough of that, let's go back to December of the year 2000. Thought to originate from Latin America, this virus came in the form of an email, an e-card simply called navidad.exe. When you open this attachment, instead of a Spanish Christmas card, you instead got a worm. The worm installed itself as winsvrc.vxd in the system folder, and it would then modify registry keys. Registry keys are low-level settings in Windows that are very important in how the system runs, so malware that modifies them can be very dangerous, especially since no one really checks to make sure their registry keys look okay. And the key Navidad modified was a key that was responsible for starting EXE files. And the worm modified the key to run itself alongside any EXE file that ran. The worm also created a key that would run itself whenever the system started up. However, in the original Navidad code, there was a bug. 
The worm installed itself as winsvrc.vxd, but told the Windows registry to look for a file called winsvrc.exe, which displayed an error saying Windows cannot find winsvrc.exe. And, well, it also prevented exe files from running entirely, which was not intended, but probably made people panic a lot. Now you can't open any other Christmas cards. Or, you know, programs that use exe files to run. Fortunately, or unfortunately, there was a variant of the worm called Navidad.b that did work as intended, and naturally that became the more popular variant of the virus because it was able to actually spread. So what did the worm do when it was working as intended? Frankly, not much. It displayed a fake error message that just said UI and had an OK button on it. When the users clicked OK, a creepy blue eye would appear on the Windows system tray, which is known as the taskbar today. The eye was the most distinct sign of a Navidad infection, and you could interact with it. The eye was not spying on you, but if you clicked on it, a dialog box would pop up and say, Nunca presionó este botón, which translates to, Never press this button. And then, if you clicked on the button despite this warning, the text, Lamentablemente cayó en la tentación y perdió su computadora, would appear on the screen. This translates to, Unfortunately, you fell into temptation and lost your computer but it had no accent marks, likely due to limitations in Windows at the time. I asked for help from a few people who are slightly more familiar with Spanish than I am, both of them are named Alex, so I will refer to them by their Discord nicknames. Time for Queso confirmed to me that the Google Translate gave me the meaning that was most likely intended, but that it was definitely missing accent marks to be correct. Kessesan also commented that due to the use of computadora instead of ordenador, the virus most likely came out of Latin America and not Spain, as they use different words. I'm pretty sure both of you people listen, so hello Alexes, thank you for the help. Anyways, after these messages, as well as every time an exe file ran on startup, the virus would connect to Mappy32, which communicates with Microsoft email services, and it would check the unread emails in your inbox. It would retrieve the sender address from these emails and send its own little infected Christmas card to those lucky people. This was a very strange way for an email worm to spread, and allowed it not to spread nearly as fast or as far like other famed email worms like I Love You, which would send a copy of itself to everyone in your email contacts list one time. Spreading to a set amount of people at once regardless of whether or not you received any emails is what caused it to majorly slow down email services, and Navidad didn't really manage to do that. No outages have been officially attributed to the Navidad worm. Still, people were haunted by the blue eye relentlessly staring from the taskbar. Were they being spied on? No, and really, no data was destroyed on your computer either. You just felt uneasy, watched, and you knew some intruder was on your computer. But despite what factually was going on, you wouldn't know for certain at the time. And even if nothing bad did happen to your computer, it was strange knowing someone could make their way onto it without your permission. According to McAfee, at least 10 Fortune 500 companies were infected by the email worm and tormented by that very eye. Although when asked to specify Vincent Culotto, sorry about the pronunciation if that's wrong, declined to comment further. Intel and ExxonMobil were rumored to have been infected, but that has not been officially confirmed, and at this point it's not going to be officially confirmed, and we will likely never completely know the truth of how far the virus's eyes gazed. These days it is no longer watching us, and it could be uninstalled and the registry files removed or restored manually to get rid of it for good. 
Thank you to F-Secure Labs, CNET, CNN, Naked Security, and Data Doctors for information on this email worm and its spread in the early 2000s. And of course, thank you to my two Alexes, Time for Queso and Kessasan, for helping me with the translations on this thing. I hope I pronounced it all correctly, you can yell at me if I didn't. And finally, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime. My name is Chloe Tonis, and until next time, happy holidays and stay secure!